G'day team and welcome to episode 4 of What Happened Yesterday. I'm your host Andy Hare and I've just finished an amazing workout. 90 minutes of running watching this incredible uh, movie called Game Changers. And that's what today's episode is all going to be about. It's going to be looking at your values and how you really change your mindset through your values. have to start with an amazing shout out for a friend of mine, Casey Young, first year graduate teacher teaching physical education up in out of Melbourne and he checked in with our show and this is what he had to say. Hey Andy, it's Casey. Uh, firstly, congratulations on starting the podcast. Uh, I've been an avid listener from, from the first instalment and um, I mean after well, knowing you for almost almost 12 months now it's so awesome to have you finally share your journey uh, as an educator and as a human being with the rest of the world Uh, i love the way that you are always reflective on your practices and other practices around you to ensure that everyone who is touched by your your teaching and your learnings are always getting the best version of of yourself and the content that you deliver so it's awesome to finally have that uh, delivered in a podcast form so congratulations man and um, yeah can't wait for more episodes uh, thank you Casey for that wonderful message and I know that as a first year grad you are phenomenal and everything you have done this year to embody your own practices and beliefs at such an early age, uh, setting you up for the future as one of uh, Australia's great leaders in physical education and advocates to not only lead students to the next level, but also to help other teachers and and connect them. And I know that uh, the University of Tasmania would have been a sad day in Launceston when you graduated because they, they knew that they were celebrating the success but also the loss of, of an amazing student. Um, which leads us to what we are doing next with our podcast, uh, What Happened Yesterday. Sorry, I had a bit of a pause there. And we were talking about values education, and um, this is something that's been ongoing all my career, and, and in all the schools I've been at, really looking at that systematic nature of the values in which the community are held accountable to um, and also what we try to embed in our practice to to get education to flow through the classrooms, through the leadership committees, uh, through the students' voice and then also through um, through the community. So or when I say the community, the parents and I know I already said community twice there, so maybe two communities. But um you know, this is a shared value that that we we really 
put to ourselves as people and as great humans and and live by ourselves and you know it's embedded in our work practice but it does start with our own personal values and, and what we what we see ourselves as and what we really value in our life and for me I really value the the presence of movement um and you know I try to hit that in in every form of work that I do but also in in every hobby that I exist in and and every practice that I engage in um the the formality of movement really starts to inspire me to to think creativity creatively um but also to intrinsically reflect on on what has happened you know yesterday um to to name the podcast but also looking back and thinking about connections that have happened and and where these then fit into to moments going forward and you know everything we do is a giant giant jigsaw that once pieced together we can make it all all build a, a magnificent picasso um you know that the the picture that we're up to when we're building is so rich that we want to keep moving with that um so that movement is one purpose in my life one value in my life the the second value is happiness and looking at that whole sense of experiencing and moving towards activities and domains and um, people and experiences that bring me great happiness. Because without happiness, um, I find that I can't then give to my best level of moving forward where the students are, but also um, the interaction with others. And, and when I travel around the world, and you know, so fortunate to be able to travel around the world, um, the the sense of happiness is overwhelming because that's what people see from the outside looking in through Twitter, um, through Twitter followers, through uh, Twitter connections. When we meet first time, my presence is what people say. I can feel that through the communication that you you engage in, and and that's really um, a big pat on the back for myself because you know I don't mean to be and go out of my way to be happy and um and find that I have to be deliberate in those actions it's just that natural flavor so one of those values is really searching for those experiences that entrust and um amplify the happiness uh and you know moving forward with that then I can then embed that with the students and finding that through a smile a fist bump a high five with children and adults you can sometimes change a day because you don't know how someone else is feeling inside they can be smiling so brightly on the outside and going through the last few years that was exactly me I was smiling brightly on the outside but I was was dying on the inside I was so down and and suffered some really deep depression after the accident with amnesia and, and trying to find myself again that that smile on the outside still allowed me to then receive a, a happiness back. And bit by bit by bit, it's scaffolded where I was able to have enough to sustain that in that intrinsic motivation of happiness. And, and that was really what I was trying to do was, uh, you know, in all that time, I was trying to fuel off other people and fuel off the happiness that other people had. So then I could really intrinsically fuel my systems. Um, 
So the school that I was at at the time when we looked at the values education in my book, you know, they, they looked at kindness, courtesy, and respect, and they looked at it through a number of levels. One was through the principles of the school. So, you know, they had to entrust that through the principal team, those three values were seen. They, they just weren't addressed and upheld. They were actually seen. And then that led to the leadership team and the consultative committees that they were then seen to be upholding those values as well because everyone was looking towards what other people were doing. Um, and, you know, as principals standing in front of a school to lead a large staff, I mean, the staff was almost 200 um, teachers. And to lead a large staff, you had to live these values and show that these values existed, not in a deliberate action, but in an automated action. And so the consultative committee um, had it, the leadership team had it, the teachers had it. Um, well, when I say the teachers, the staff had it, and this entrusted all the teachers, the groundsmen, the canteen, the cleaners, everyone that was part of the school employed as a staff member, the admin staff, everyone played an integral part of upholding kindness, courtesy, and respect. And then the students as well. Now, the students... Um, floated in all different parts of of this. There was no reign of superiority. And where we live in a culture right now of student voice, um, it was impossible to say, okay, it starts with the principals and it finishes with the students. It just existed with everybody and everybody had a different way of being able to show kindness, courtesy and respect. Um, and what we we're trying to do then as a staff was helping students reach their full potential. So we wanted to not only teach them, but also teach them how to be great humans. Because at the end of the day, the, the smartest child in the school, uh, without the solid ideas of kindness, courtesy and respect, could actually fail in life. So flipping it around and looking at the importance of um, the values and what values you have as a person first then gave us the opportunity to take those values and implement them into our education, to sprinkle them across, to actually embed them and embody them in the learning process. So when a child was successful, they understood what was successful. But when a child was having a lot of trouble, they were able to lean on this kindness, courtesy and respect and find a way to pick themselves up and look at those values and unpack those values um, and pull themselves up and, and looking at how they have their own values. You know, mine was, you know, the sense of movement and happiness. Well, you know, that, they're, they're different words, but I had to find a way to embed them in and connect them to that. So um, not only was I looking after myself on the top of a, a beautiful Christmas cake, but also I was looking at that second layer and the second layer was, you know, the family and community and how that operated. Um, and then we, we needed to look at the experience that we provided students to shape the, a student's development. So that's where giving them chances to play and experience risk, um, bring out these values and look at, okay, if I'm going to play and I'm not going to show kindness, what is the outcome? What does it look like? But if I show kindness and courtesy in the game, what does that look like? And giving the chance for kids to really um, shape their own understanding of it physically 
through verbal contact and verbal communication with each other, but in a playful manner. So respect, oh, sorry, risk brings out anxiety and stress. What does that look like through kindness, courtesy, and respect? The adrenaline pumps in your body and you can get quite angry um, with yourself because you don't want to take that risk and you beat yourself up. But you know, finding a way to be able to be comfortable with kindness, courtesy, and respect through a risk that the anxiety and, and stress is heightened is quite difficult to explain to a student. But um, repetitive action over and over and over and over and over again, repetitive exposure over and over and over and over and over again, gave kids a sense of comfortability with that risk. So they knew that it was calculated. They knew that it was going to push them, but they had seen it before. And that's the big key is that repeated lessons, repeated exposures on the same outcome gives them a chance to see it before. So we really get ourselves um, feeling feeling massive. For myself, and tying this back, because you know this is a book that I've I've been passionate about reading and, and writing over the number of years. Um, Frank Sinatra had a great quote, and the quote was, "The best is yet to come." And you know that that's how I live life. I know that the best is yet to come. That today has happened, tomorrow hasn't happened. But I can use today's lesson to set the outcomes for tomorrow. Today, I use yesterday's lessons to set the outcomes for today. Um, and what I mean by that is simply that, you know, yesterday's lessons that I, I may have conducted or even my personal training, things happen in, in that that time that you go, yeah, good feeling, yeah, but, you know, a little bit uncomfortable in that feeling. Um, and you use those ideas to then address and reflect on what happened the day before to move forward to tomorrow and really implement those. And we learn by failure. The more we fail, the better we are. And I just love that idea of getting out in front of kids and showing them that you fail and fail and fail and fail and fail over and over and over and over and over um, and get them comfortable to acknowledge that failure is an amazing thing. Um, when I look at my life and, and I look back to where my childhood was, um, I am almost a carbon copy of my dad. My dad was, um, he worked in municipalities. G'day dad out there. Cause my dad's actually a subscriber of this, uh, this podcast as well. So, um, we give him a shout out to Merv. Um, and what he doesn't probably realize is that the, the life he created is a life that I'm following. Um, and I know that he worked very, very hard when I was a child and, and you know, created a, a way that people really admired the worth ethic, work ethic that he did. But he also took a lot of risks that took him places. Um, and unbeknownst to me, I started following that same pattern around about a decade ago where, you know, the, the pathways were very parallel. Um, and, but the, the job outcomes were a little bit different. Um, but both government-based and, and really passionate about helping others, connecting with others. And, and you know, when I was uh, 14 years of age, you know, the family had a great opportunity to follow dad to the USA um, where he had to do some work for a month. And um, out of that became some amazing experiences and probably my real big thirst for, you know, international uh, connections and making um, – those wow factor images inside my head, but I remember meeting Ray Charles, which I, I'll never forget, and and that was in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, and I hadn't been back there 
since until this year when I flew out to Asheville, um, North Carolina for the PE Institute. But, you know, looking at how he worked and the connections he made and then using that same model for myself and feeling very fortunate that, you know, I've been able to travel extensively over the last few years, but, you know, my goal right now with my values is looking towards where I can fit inside the Australian Indigenous culture and understanding that Indigenous culture and embodying those values in my practices as an educator, but also looking at the education systems in the South Pacific and the developing countries and how their practices through, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and uh, thousands, I can keep going there, have actually led to where we get to start. And that is the best thing. Next week, I'm off to the phase Asia Pacific Conference in Hong Kong, where I get to teach my very first lesson in Dreamtime stories and um, using a resource by Sport Australia called Yalunga. And it's all about my values, movement and happiness. And then connection, you know, connecting cultures, connecting people to the stories that exist already. But more importantly, drawing it back and connecting our students to those stories. And when we look at the values, you know, that is so rich to what we do. If we can embody and mask our values into what we do, then the purpose of what we do is so powerful that we can turn over every stone that we can find and we find little gold nuggets under every one. So team, that's my uh, that's my my rant on values education. That's what I've read from my book and, and looking at that, yeah, that whole idea of Frank Sinatra's quote, the best is yet to come. Looking at the experience we provide students helps shape that student's development. And looking at helping the students to reach their full potential through giving them a valued education, a valued experience that's going to develop them as a human first and then embody that through education. Team, I'm Andy Hare. This is What Happened Yesterday, and you have been another great audience. Don't forget, if you love the show, jump onto the Anchor website where this podcast is hosted, but we're also streaming out through Spotify, out through iTunes, where you can subscribe to the channel and never miss an episode. But I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to send me a voice message so I can get you on the show and love what you do because you make a difference to your life and everyone around you is shaped by how you are as a person. Love you guys. Andy here. We're out tonight. What Happened Yesterday podcast is proudly brought to you by Air Squares, a fun and easy to play game for all ages. It's a mix of four square and volleyball. And the best part is you can take your fun with you wherever you go, to the beach, the backyard, the blacktop, even inside. Everything fits into an easy to carry bag weighing less than 13 pounds. That's six kilograms. Check it out at playairsquares.com. That's playairsquares.com.